You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and it's good to be with you today as we start a brand new year, and we're starting off looking at the life of Jonah. Jonah. God said, go. Jonah said, no. That's what we're looking at today on Words of Encouragement. wanted to start the new year off walking through Jonah. You think you know the story of Jonah, I thought I knew it too. And you know, every time I open up God's Word, something else pops out at the right moment, at the right time. God speaks through His Word, and I want us to walk through Jonah, uh, the the way through the entire book, not today. But we're going to step through it, okay, Sunday by Sunday. But we're go- I, there is so much in the life of Jonah to look at. Now, you, like I said, you think you know the story. I mean, you, and you do. Man's told to do something, didn't do it, got in trouble, got in the belly of a big fish, and then, you know, then he got spat out and on the shore and, and Nineveh and, and all the people and he had to go and all that. We know the basics of the story, but there's a lot going on as there always is in the life of one who walks with God. There's always more than just what you're looking at in the life of a believer. Remember that. Remember that there's always more going on in the life of the believer, of a believer, than you can see with your eyes. Okay? That should help us not to be quick to judge others. Know that there is a lot happening. Have you, as a believer, have you, as a believer, ever heard the call, the compulsion, the guidance of God to do something? In your life. If you ever felt like God wanted you to do something. I I would guess some of us have. I hope. If you're walking with the Lord, you will. Because this is the way God uses us. He motivates us, compels us, tells us what we need to do. He moves and He uses us. And so if you have ever heard the call, the compulsion, the guidance of God to do something, that means that hopefully that you've been tuned into God. You're going to hear from Him because you're walking with Him daily. You're not letting a day pass where you do not acknowledge His presence in your life. And you have that experience with God, where you know that He wants to use you in His service, that calling will be unmistakable. You will know it's from Him. You will know, oh boy, this is what God wants me to do. What did you do when you felt that guidance in your life? What did you do? What was your response? Did you say, well, I don't know. I I, I will uh, think about that later. Do you obey immediately? Do you wait to be sure you heard him correctly? And do you keep waiting, hoping that maybe maybe what you heard was not true and wasn't what he wants you to do so you don't have to do it? Or did you just simply ignore him? Did you just simply ignore him when he called on you? 
Now, I'm not asking for a show of hands. <laughs> you know, this is between you and the Lord. But I know human nature as well as you do. And there are times when God calls and we just might ignore him. We, may, we just might say, well, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, God, I'm good. I'll do my thing. Today we're beginning a series of sermons on the life of Jonah. I want us to walk through his experience of being called by God and his responding with a no. A no. If you're able and willing, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Jonah chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 and that's what we'll focus on today. Bible tells us the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts today through the power of your Holy Spirit. Speak through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. The word from God. The word from God. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. How did the word of the Lord come to Jonah? How did, how did the word of the Lord come to him? Was it a dream? Was it impressed upon his mind by God? I have an idea of how God communicated with him because he was one who was chosen by God. He was a prophet of God, so he was one who walked with God. And so I have a proposed answer to the question how the word of the Lord came to him. Henry Blackabel, Blackabel, Henry Blackaby was one who pointed out to us in his Experiencing God book and study that there are various ways that God speaks to us. He said that God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit, through the Bible, through prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. I would guess, and that's all I can do, is that Jonah heard from God through prayer. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, is what the Bible says. And if this is a believer, which we know he is, he is even a prophet of God, he spent time in prayer, communicating with God. And so I'm, I can, all I can do is guess is that through that time of prayer, God brought his word to Jonah. What we do know is that this is a word from the Lord. It's not from anywhere else. It's from the Lord. That tells us that this message is supreme, it's absolute, and it's final. Okay, it's a word from the Lord. It is not, oh, well, I know you said this, God, but certainly you meant this. No, God means what he means, 
and he says what he says. And so the word of the Lord has come to Jonah. It is a final word, an absolute word, because it's from God. When God speaks, guess what? He doesn't stutter. When God speaks, he means what he says. Look at verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. Now this word is specifically to Jonah. It says the word of the Lord came to Jonah. It was for him exclusively. It was not a word that was thrown out there and everyone else heard and thought, Oh, well we need to go to Nineveh. No, this is a word of the Lord to Jonah himself. Other prophets spoke out against the Gentiles. But did you know that this is the first case of a prophet being sent to a nation to specifically deliver God's message against it? This is the first time that a prophet is sent to that nation to speak directly to that nation. Let's look at the message. God tells Jonah to get up. Get up. Arise. Arise. Go to Nineveh. Cry out against it. Wow. Now look, I don't know about you, but if I got if the word of the Lord came to Craig and God said, you need to go and cry out against this city because the wickedness of the city has come up against me, I, I can't be too positive and sure that I wouldn't kind of go one of those routes. Really, God? Are you... Are you sure? Maybe I didn't hear God correctly. Maybe I need to go back and listen again. Maybe that, That's a big deal. Maybe I really need to know if that's what He wants me to do. But if the Word came to me and I heard it and I knew it was from the Lord, what, would I, what options do I have? None. I really don't have any options. There's really not a choice on my part to say, well, I'll just, I'll ignore Him. This is the word of the Lord to one of his people. And he has made it clear. Their wickedness has come up before him. They must have been pretty bad. For God to take somebody and send him all the way over to the city and speak out against the city. Wow, this this must have been really, really bad. To send someone personally. I mean, goodness, they, they must have been living way short of being righteous. To send specifically someone to go. Nineveh was 500 miles northeast of Israel. Okay, so you can put that in your head. 500 miles northeast of Israel. This way for you, this way for me. People there, guess what? They worshipped a fish goddess named Nanshi. And they also worshipped Dagon the fish god who was half human and half fish. Now go figure. Isn't that weird? We're going to worship something that doesn't even look like us. <laughs> I mean, we're going to worship something really... Now, I, now, no offense, Richard. I mean, I like fish, but... I, <laughs> not going to worship the fish. <laughs> but these people did. They fishup, They fishup, They worshipped this fish goddess and this fish god. Nineveh was the center of idolatrous worship of of the Asher and Ishtar. Not a good place. 
Not a godly place. Not a place that you and I would feel comfortable going to. Absolutely not. I mean, we would be in the minority. Okay? We would, we would walk in and go, whoa, my goodness, what is all of this? Symbols of fish everywhere. You know, what, what is all this? Now, some of you might think, oh, it's pretty good. It's an all right place. They, must, they like fishing. But they worshipped this fish god here. But the, here they were worshipping false gods. Their people were wasting precious time and their lives worshipping false gods. They were wasting their time on this false god, worshipping these, these gods, thinking, oh, well, this is what we have and... This is what we do. They were worshiping that which was not eternal, that which would not help them, and that which, according to the Ten Commandments, was against the law of God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. But in the midst of all of this, in the midst of him, of, of all of this, you see something very important about God Himself. God cared for the people of Nineveh. The people of Nineveh, these false God-worshipping people, these people who didn't have a clue, these people who were not worshipping the true God, God cares for them. God says they have value. They matter too, Jonah. Oh, look. These people in Nineveh, they just let them do what they want to do. They don't know any better. Let them do what they want to do. What's wrong? I mean, look, we can't, I mean, we're the chosen people, Jonah, being a Jewish person. We're the chosen people. These are Gentiles here. They don't, look, psh, you know, let them do what they want to do. I mean, there's, they don't, I mean, they don't have much value in this world. Oh, yes, they do. God makes it very clear. Why would He even care about sending Jonah to them and giving them an opportunity to repent? Why would God care? He, because He does care. Because He's God. And He loves everyone. Oh, but these are sinners. These are people that are purposefully not worshiping God. They're worshiping a fish god and a goddess. What in the world is that about? How can God have placed value on them? Because they're people and they matter to Him. And He's trying to help Jonah to see this. God cares for the people of Nineveh. He wants them to walk with Him. To put away the false, useless gods that they were worshiping. To walk with Him. Do you know if you will listen to God, He will send you a message calling on you to turn to Him? If you have not, if you listen closely, you will understand that He loves you and wants what's best for you. And the word of the Lord will come to you and you will realize, Oh my, I need to turn to the Lord. I need Him in my life. I need to walk with Him daily. Maybe the word of the Lord that comes to you is one that says, you need to help others to know this too. That may be the word of the Lord to you. It may be 
a specific word from God Himself to you to talk to your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor geographically. Maybe, maybe your neighbor at work. Maybe someone that is on your heart, God has placed there because He's sending you a word. He's giving you a word. A word is coming to you from Him that you need to go and to talk to them. That may be exactly what's happening in your life. Maybe the word He is sending to you is an invitation to become part of His family. Maybe you're not part of His family. You're not walking with Him. But you're hearing this word of the Lord and you're hearing Him say, Come unto me. Come. Let me forgive you of your sins. Let me be in charge of your life. Come knowing that yes, you are a sinner, but you can be forgiven. Come to me. Maybe that's the word of the Lord to you. Maybe He's calling on you again to do something like Jonah. Maybe He's calling you to speak out against evil in this world. Boy, I tell you what. Until we... Look, there was a time, and you remember this, there was a time in in your lives where it appeared, generally speaking, most people had this ideal, this standard of what was right and wrong, and it sure lined up pretty close with the Bible in many instances, and that seemed as if many people, less today, but many people tried to do the right thing, and many people tried to help each other. And many people went to church because they realized the need or maybe it was the thing to do. But there was a time when people would gather and would rise up and say something is wrong. Where is the church's voice in our society today? Where is the Christian's voice in society today? When we see things that are evil, what do we do? Well, there's evil in the world. What do we do? Are we brave enough? Are we brave enough? Are we called, first of all, are we called by God to speak out against evil? If you feel, if that is something that's happening in your heart and you know it, then you've got to speak up. You can't step back and say, well, there's just, you know, evil in the world. The world's a horrible place. Where is this, uh, what I call, public consciousness? Where is this... Uh, this Christian consciousness in society. It's us, it's you, it's me. Where are we when it comes to evil? Are we speaking out against it? Are we saying anything? Well, now, Brother Craig, I'm not going to take a sign. I'm not going to stand on the corner and, and protest and do all that. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you in your individual conversations with people... When evil is there, when you see it, when they see it, when there's an opportunity to talk about it, not you're, you're not bringing it up, but if it comes up, where do you stand as a Christian against evil? Do you speak out against it? Do you go ahead and say, well, you know, I don't, I, that's not right. These people should not have done this. That is, that is wrong. According to the Word of God, that is wrong. And I, I've got to call it. Boy, there's a lot of peer pressure in our world today. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to get anybody upset. We don't want to speak out against our friends or anything. Oh my goodness, if they're really your friends, they're going to respect your view and they're going to still be your friend. They're not going to depart from you, release you from their friendship because, oh, well, you, we don't agree. Good night. I can't believe I've never been a friend to him if I'd known that we didn't agree on every little point in the world. Look, 
Sometimes God calls us to speak out against evil. And as a Christian, as a follower of God, we need to do it. If He's calling us to do it, we've got to do it. We do also need to do it in a way that is loving and kind and considerate. It's possible to do it. I truly believe there's a way to stand up for the values that you know are true, that come from the Word of God, in a way that is considerate and nice. It's possible to do it. I, I, I have, some people say, well, sometimes you just got to get rough with people. Really? Really? Come on. Come on. I think it's possible to do it in a way that is... Pl- I've had people come to me and they have shared something with me Yes, it still made me feel a little uncomfortable. But they pointed out something in me in a nicest way that when they left, I just thought, wow, man, I need to, get, I need to work on that. <laughs> and it didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't all, I, yeah, I was uncomfortable. But it, I wasn't sitting there thinking, well, oh, they hate me and I don't like them either, blah, blah, blah. It is amazing what can happen when we're led by the Holy Spirit of God to do that which He's called us to do, we can use our brain, we can listen to the Lord, and we can talk to people, and we can rise up, and we can speak out against evil in a firm manner, but not in an ugly way. Do you realize you do it in an ugly way? People don't want to hear it. They're going to tune you out. They don't want to hear that kind of stuff. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to But if you take your time and lovingly do what you need to do, what you've been called to do, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. But here this is. Here you have a reluctant servant. We're about to look at that right now. The first thing, first question, has God sent a word to you? Has God sent a word to you? Maybe He has. Maybe there's something He's asking you to do, calling on you to do that you need to do. The next thing we see comes in verse 3. Jonah rejects the word from God. Here we find Jonah has a mission. He's given a mission. A word from the Lord has come to him. He is to go perhaps to the largest city in the world at that time. Usually the next words we read in a story like this should be, So Jonah got up and went to Nineveh. That's what we expect because we've looked at other prophets in the Bible. We've, we've seen other prophets, and when God calls on them to do something, what do they do? They do it. So, we, you know, if you're reading this for the first time, you're thinking, well, all right, and then next words will be, so Jonah got up and went to Nineveh. That's how the story is with everyone else. They just did what they were told. But look at verse 3. But, oh, man, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Well, now, whoa. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Fun and sad fact for you this morning. This is the only prophet recorded who refused God's command. This is the only prophet we have recorded that said, No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. Now, who do you and I identify with when God gives us a word? (laughs) When God calls on us to do something, who do we identify with? Are we like the other prophets? We just simply follow and say, hey, yeah. A whole bunch of prophets over here saying yes when God God calls. 
One prophet over here saying, no, I don't know about that. I'm not doing that. Who do we identify with? Now, this would be, peer, you know, looking at this in a peer pressure situation. Well, my goodness, all these others said, yes, yeah, so I, I, I'd put myself over here. Let's think about this. Here's Jonah. He said, no. Where do we fit in? Where would we respond? How would we respond? Sadly, I think more times than not, we're like Jonah. Another quite humorous to me item to note here is that he thought he was removing himself from the presence of the Lord. I think that's hilarious. I'm just looking at this thinking, this is like Adam and Eve. Well, we're going to go hide. You know, God won't find us. (laughs) Really? (laughs) How big is God? What does he know? Everything. Where is he? Everywhere. Oh, my. If that's true, well, then what is Jonah doing here? Surely he knew it was impossible to hide from the presence of the Lord. Surely he knew that. Some theologians feel that he was removing himself from the presence of God that was in the temple of Jerusalem. Thinking, well, if I get away from that, I'm away from God. And I'll be all right. I'm just going to go. Again, no one can hide from God. Well, this Nineveh. What about this Nineveh? What about this city? These people were Assyrians and Uh, They were a hated people. They were idol worshipers. They were responsible. Listen to this. They were responsible for harassment and exploitation that Judah and Israel suffered over more than a century. Okay? So you you have this city responsible for harassment of Judah and Israel. And here's a prophet in, you know, in Israel... Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. And God's calling him to go there? To to, to this city? I don't think so. I'm not doing that. They hate me. I don't like them either. What is the deal? I'm not doing this. So you see what's happening here. This is not really a place where Jonah would jump up and just run, run to. In fact, they took much of Israel's population into exile in order to bring other people to colonize its territories. Nineveh left a bad taste in the mouth of Jonah. This was definitely not a place he wanted to go. Notice, though, what he does. He gets up to flee to Tarshish. I'm just going to go the other way. (laughs) This city was a major trading location for the Phoenician merchant marines. It was just about as far as Jonah could go and get away from where God wanted him to be. Notice his intent is not to take a break before doing what God told him to do. This is not, oh, well, I'll just take a little vacay. I'll take a vacation. I'll go, go have a little time over here in Tarshish, and then I'll go to Nineveh. That's not the intent here. No, the intent for Jonah is to get out, <laughs> to get away, to do the opposite, to go in the opposite direction. Jonah makes his mind to move away from God's command. He's very aware of these Gentiles in Nineveh. Being part of God's chosen people, Jonah had trouble understanding that the Gentiles mattered too and that they were worthy of redemption. He, he didn't quite understand why in the world they mattered. Look at the way they acted. Look at what they did to us. All of this and you want me to go and speak out against that? I don't want to go there. He doesn't see what God has told him to do as being necessary. 
He uses his brain and decides that he just doesn't have to do this. I'm just not going to do this. Plain and simple, I'm just not going to do it. I know that all the other prophets, they always do what God wants them to do. But you know what? I'm saying no today. Jonah says, I, I, I'm saying no to this. You ever done that? Ever ignored something God's told you to do? And the call keeps coming. And the urge and the motivation is still there. And the compelling presence and call of God is still working in your life. And you're thinking, no, 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 I'm just not, I don't, I don't really want to want to do that. Maybe God wanted you to talk to somebody and they were not like you. Well, they just, you know, they, they, they don't talk like I do. Maybe they're a different race. Maybe they were not dressed like you. And it's just kind of hard to talk to people that aren't like us. Birds of a feather tend to flock together, don't they? It's kind of hard to do that. And here are these Gentiles and here's Jonah. And Jonah says, oh man, they are not like me. I don't, want, I don't need to go over there. I don't need to do this. But God said, go. Jonah says, no. Maybe God's word to you is, I love you and I want you to be a part of my family. Maybe this morning he's saying, come, come, be a part. Give your life to me. Let me be in charge of your life. Maybe he's saying that to you. Will you come? Will you listen? Will you, be, will you be obedient to His call? Will you make the effort to be in right relationship with God? He waits. God waits. And He waits for you. He waits for you to come. He loves you. He, loves, he loved these Ninevites. He really wanted to see them have an opportunity to turn to Him. And they were not at all like his people. But he loved them anyway. Because people have value and worth. Yes, they do and say things that are horrible and rotten and sometimes evil. Evil. But they matter to God. They are worth redemption. Has God sent a word to you? Will you respond to that word? Will you respond to his call in your life? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for Jonah. Father, I thank you for what you are teaching us, what you're going to teach us through his life. Lord, he, he said no. You said go and he said no. He rejected. Father, I pray that you will find us not rejecting your call on our lives. Whatever that call may be, that call may be to, to redemption. That call may be to salvation today for someone here. That call may be for someone to talk to a neighbor, to talk to a friend, to finally bring up this topic of you with a friend. Maybe you're here this morning and you've put that off. You've had good times with your friends. You don't, you don't want to run the risk of messing anything up. And you think, well, I don't need to really do that. I, I don't want to mess up our friendship. How much, let me ask you something. How much do you care for your friend? Do you care where they spend eternity? Do you, do you care that they get right with God before they leave this earth? Just how much of a friend do you want to be? I'm praying for you today 
that you'll open up your mouth, bring up the topic of God. It may not, oh, it may not go swiftly and well right away. But if you care about your friend, you're going to say something. You're going to help them to know that God, that God loves them. Dear Father, I pray for us, your children, as we go into this week, this first full week of a brand new year, empower us, God. Enable us. Show us, give us opportunities to talk about you. And find us obedient, Lord, to do just that with those with whom we come in contact. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. After the service, Brother Wayne Stroud felt led to share a few words about his own life. And he shared a short testimony about how God called on him and how... Well, I will let his words be shared with you this morning. Listen as he shares with us. I just want to say a word to you. Brother Craig preached my life. I was surrendered to preach when I was 12 years old. Probably very few people believed it. But I knew in my heart that's what he wanted. I rejoiced to know that God had honored me so. At about the 11th grade, I'd preached several little meetings, little services, two or three places. And I decided the whole world wouldn't ought to fall down before God. And they didn't. And I said, well, I quit. I'll not preach again. My high school principal Wanted me to write a prayer, and I refused. I said, I don't pray like that. Nothing wrong with if God leads you to do it that way, but he didn't lead me. He wouldn't let me pray in our service of graduation. The other young man did in one more service, and I suppose done it in the other end of the service. That discouraged me even more so, but I was determined not to do it. Knowing all the time that I was right and not doing what I was saying, I won't do it. We went to Houston, and I was running from God all the time. I told my wife before we married, I said, what would you think if you was married to a preacher one day? She said, well, if that's what the Lord wants you to do, that would be okay with me. I said, I don't want to ever talk about this again. Deacons and preachers came to me. I finally told my dad mother's pastor. I said, don't never mention this again to me. I have no intention of preaching. If you ever bother me again, you're not going to like me at all. And I ran from God. We went to Houston. After we were married for a little while, we was in Natchez and went to Houston. The night that Sandra was born, everything was fine. The doctor said it was fine. It looked fine. It sounded fine. And I walked about as far as from here to that back door out there, the front door. It stood at the door, and God spoke to me just as plainly as I'm speaking to you. 
He said, you run again. I'll take your wife and baby. I said, Lord, I won't run no more. Lied right on the spot. Because as soon as everything was okay and I came back, I said, I'm not going to preach. I'd even tell Avis, if you love me, you wouldn't go to church today. You'd stay home with me. The deacon, one of the deacons at Bow Mason Church, was determined that I do a devotional in a cottage prayer meeting. It amazed me now that God led me to a scripture that Brother Craig preached this morning. I was Nineveh. I mean, I was Jonah, and I wasn't going to Nineveh. I thought, well, I'll read this to them, and that ought to shut them up and leave me alone. I don't know if they bothered anybody else, but it like to eat me from one end to the other. <laughs> and I said, God, I won't run no more. I've not been perfect, but I want you to know, I've not given up anymore. I've not had the line names in line on the neon signs. But that's all right. I know that God has led me and use me. Now, I don't know why he let me live as long as I have, but he has, and I guess he's got some other things to do. And I ask you to pray for me, that I'll be faithful to the very end. I hope that is your prayer, that you will remain faithful to God, no matter what he calls on you to do, that you will say yes, and that you will not struggle and fight against him, God wants to use us. Why don't we just say yes? My prayer for you this year, in the year 2020, is that you say yes when God calls on you to do a service with Him and for Him. Until next time, on Words of Encouragement, be faithful. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.